Welcome, everybody, to another installment of our look at Monarch Legacy of Monsters on Apple TV+. We just watched episode six. I'm here. I'm at Brad Jost. At Brad Jost? That's just a handle. My name is just Brad Jost. And this is Tom. What's going on, Tom? Tom Jurassic. It, not Agent T. Yeah. No Agent T today, I guess. I'm just going to... Oh. Oh. It's telling me this is going to be a really cool podcast. Well, it's not There's a podcast, no... it's a video. But... <laughs> no Doctor Who references in, in today's episode, I don't believe. But uh, but uh, we did a, go a good episode. I was very excited by this one. What did you think, uh, yes. general thoughts? Yeah, overall, it was a, a really, really solid episode. It moves the story forward quite a bit. Um, it gives us a lot more context about how Monarch is kind of falling apart in the past um, and how that has had an impact on where we are currently. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great summary. I don't, I don't want to, you know, step on your toes there. That was perfect. Um, and I think this, this episode, the way it starts off really lays the groundwork for like what the episode's about to be. I feel like this episode, yeah. I, I hit play and it goes straight to the intro. Right. And I'm like, uh Oh, Stuff's about to go down. Like this is gonna be a big episode because I feel like when you change the, uh, you know the the path of what the usual episodes are, where you have like the cold open or the intro sequence or whatever, then you get to the, uh, like the the title screen with the with the intro, and I'm like, no, they're not they're not doing any of that. They're not wasting any time telling you like some lead up story. It's just we're in it. And I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. So we, we cut right to the trailer, or right to not to the trailer, whatever you call it, the uh, <laughs> the intro video at that point. Um, but we start off at the 1955 Summer Ball uh, in Washington yes. D.C. Um, and it was like you know setting the tone. I like 1955 story, uh, yeah. you know, setting. I think that's pretty good. We've uh, progressed a little bit as time's gone on, and we get Shaw and uh, Keiko are at a, at this ball together, and they're. You know, they 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 have to try to, you know, leverage their sway a little bit with the higher ups. And um, but at the same time, they're kind of falling for each other here. It's kind of interesting to see because in my mind, uh, as I'm watching, you know, this the series, I'm thinking about Bill and Keiko and I'm not yeah. thinking about anything else. I'm not I'm not even considering Shaw as a player in in her oh, storyline, he basically, <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Um, <laughs> so I just thought it was like kind of out of left field and and caught me off guard and took my mind down places where I'm like, oh my god, wait a minute, is this whole story like that I've thought was true a lie now? Like, what what is going on here? Um, and uh, so you know, they basically comfort each other, uh, or Shaw mostly comforts Keiko around. The fact that like people are making comments about her, you know, being Japanese descent and stuff, and you know she's one of the good ones, and you know, yeah, Shaw's in reinforcing that like she's here to change their old ways and like you know be a force of nature for what they're trying to do. I thought it was a a really great sequence that led to some uh, very like sweet moments between the two of them. Yeah, and I I think for the historical context, it's really interesting that the dance here is specifically the American defense industry, because obviously we know that whenever there's war or conflict, the defense industry tends to do quite well out of that. Um, so it's quite interesting seeing the sort of highlight of all of these sort of top wigs from that industry in this room at mm. a time when we know they've just used the nuclear weapon to try and stop Godzilla and you kind of sort of get the basis of oh this potentially being the sort of new conflict that all of these people are embroiled in in a way which was quite cool um and I think I the the thing I liked as well and they've done this a couple of times is I like the fact that they're not um, shying away from the tensions between America and Japan post-World War II as well. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's really cool to actually see them acknowledging that historical context and how some people have moved forward from that. And some people, you know, the military, traditionally speaking, tend to be a little bit antiquated in some of their approaches. Um, and it's quite interesting seeing how that plays out here as well, I think. Yeah, and I, I love that it it you know it sets the tone for the world building and it gives you a clear picture at you know where the military's at where they're at 
And uh, I love that it just brought them two together in, in a way that I yeah. just didn't expect. And they had a nice sweet dance together. That was very cool. Everybody's staring at them. Um, later on, they, they, they move around the corner somewhere. And, you know, uh, Keiko's like, you know, favorite thing about kids <laughs> is that they never say, I don't know, or whatever. And I was like, yeah, hey, that's a lie. Like she's she's talking she's talking about like how like kids are you know they they have to tackle new stuff every day and like they just and I'm like yo my kids are like constantly being like I don't know I don't know I don't know how to do this I don't know how to do that and I'm like guys you gotta you gotta figure it out you gotta figure it out <laughs> so Keiko's lying straight up here um, but there's a nice uh, a nice comment uh, after that by Shaw. I don't know, you know, <laughs> it's uh, his favorite thing is making them. So it's it's a whole yeah. there's a whole vibe going on right here that is interrupted by Bill uh, with his like telegram or whatever he's you know whatever he's sending out his message out there. He's he's interrupting the whole vibe, ruining this, things. It's my favorite thing ever because this entire time Bill's been like, oh yeah, I don't really care. You guys have got a thing going, and then when they're finally about to have a thing going quite literally he just gets in the middle of it <laughs> yeah um so during this whole sequence like like i said my mind was like racing through scenarios and um i think it was like when they were dancing uh, there's not much happening except for them dancing just the music maybe they make a few comments here and there but my mind was like envisioning their whole future together and what happens to get to where we are in the current timeline. And I was like, yeah, I was like, whoa, I, I had a flashback like before my own life. And it was like, I just witnessed their whole, you know, storyline. I'm like, wow, that's interesting that like, you know, oh, so are these kids that he's helping in the future, his grandkids? And, you know, Bill was just the guy who stepped up and took care of them. And, you yeah. know, they all took his name. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I didn't, I didn't even think about this as a possibility. You know, I know we talked about, um stuff like like why is he so eager to help like what is his role in all of this and and that could obviously be a you know a big part of that yeah i think it's 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 just a whole interesting dynamic i actually i get the sense that um events later in the episode sort of put bill and keiko back on the trajectory of kind of being the parents we thought they were going to be um but I still think there's a lot of unanswered questions because by the time you meet Randa in Kong Skull Island, Keiko isn't around and Shaw's not around. So clearly there's there's more that's going to play out here and I'm quite interested to see how that plays out, what that kind of dynamic looks like. And actually, potentially, if we do any more jumps forward in terms of the timeline to sort of explain what that looks like as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I really want to learn more and i i'm sure we are like they're doing such a great job of uncovering the storyline like little by little we, yes. we didn't really get much of this storyline for the past two episodes i believe or so um so it's kind of nice to to really dive back into the past and see what's going on there and learn about the start of monarch like continue that process um yeah. but we do cut to uh current day and we're in alaska and shaw yeah. is in this transport truck with you know a bunch of uh monarch lackeys basically and uh duval comes and like takes him out karate chops him you out of the truck it. <laughs> I, you know i i just had a feeling I, I thought things maybe flipped at the end of the last episode when yeah you know she was taking that phone call from may but uh but yeah it, it something he said got through to her and it was very mm -hmm. clear in this in this episode that like um you know she joined monarch out of necessity because like I, you know, her sister, yeah, I think, guess she, there wasn't a lot of the story told right there, but basically, yeah. you know, got the idea that, oh, her sister died via some sort of monster attack, and she wanted to make sure that that never happened again. Uh, you know, she's, she yeah. joined Monarch saying never again, and she meant it, you know, that, that was like purposeful, and that's why he joined yeah. and stuff like that, and, and she wants to see that phrasing matter, you know, in the future yes. of Monarch, so... I thought that was really great to kind of get that insight and, and learn like, oh, you know, we were on the right path with what we were saying. Uh, Brad, this this scene is even more significant than you realize. I'll hit, I'll hit you with the, the big connection in a second. Um, <laughs> but the, the first thing I find really interesting is the fact that um, 
when they're talking, there's the sentence about Shaw. So Shaw says that Monarch have known everything for years, but they don't believe it. And I find that really curious uh, because he then says anyone who disagrees is crazy. And in, so I just watched, rewatched King of the Monsters this weekend. And in that Brooks um, appears, the doctor from Kongsko Island as well. Um, He appears as a much older man and he's where they find Mothra. Um, And it's interesting because one of the other characters references Dr. Brooks's theory around the hollow earth. Um, But then obviously we haven't seen characters like Serizara, characters like Graham ever reference that. So it's almost as if Brooks fits into that category as well of this character that's sort of been pushed to the fringes of Monarch almost. And that's something you get a sense for throughout this episode is that actually there's a lot more fringe players in Monarch than you first realise. But, Brad, the piece of connected tissue that is going to blow your mind (laughs) is that Duval's sister worked at Janjira. Um, So she worked at the nuclear power plant that Brian Cranston's character um, worked at where the Mutos first incubate. Oh, I, Duval's I think I, sisters. Are you are you going to say this? Are you going to say what I think you're going to say? Duval's sister's name is Sandra, and his wife in the Godzilla 2014 film is Sandra. So we've seen Duval's sister die. Oh my god! In Godzilla you 2014, you're not. Yes. You're not. This is like legit research. Like that is. Yes. That's um that's amazing stuff. You you set it up for me before <laughs> even before we started recording. You're like, dude, I got something that'll blow your mind. And I'm just like, Yeah. No, no, you don't. Like uh, which I, I know you do your research and all, but like at the same time, I'm just like, I my mind doesn't really get that blown. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's incredible. Like that is such a like I in my mind, you know, I, I figured I didn't do the research, but I figured, oh, it's probably that that same facility that you mentioned yeah. and I'm like, ah, you know, something went bad. Her sister died or whatever, but you just saying that like makes so much sense. And man, is that wild. And this, this, it connects this entire familial story, like in such a really yes. cool way. Like that is, that's, that's incredible. Re- I love it's, it's the storytelling awesome. here. Like this is, this is so great. This is great, man. I yeah. love this show. I, I literally, this, this, I scribbled you know, down her. Thing. I, so I was re-watching it, my second watch-through, when um, I was Googling what Janjira was, and I was literally reading the Brody names, and it said his wife, Sandra Brody, just as she went, my sister Sandra, and I was literally like, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, wow. Dude, that's incredible. What a, I mean, like, not a hard find, but, like, incredible that, like, that's what they are piecing together. And, yeah. you know, these people, like I said about this story in the beginning where, you know, potentially Shaw is is their true grandfather or something like that. Like, it's laying these these stories that we don't even realize are a thing until they reveal, like, one piece of information. It's, like, really cool to see that, like, you know, yeah. we had no clue that they she this, this woman, Duvall, was tied to anything from 2014's godzilla but yeah hey it is that's awesome that's fantastic there's also i'll talk about this later but i think there's another really interesting connection to the 2014 godzilla in this in terms of the end of this episode um which i'll talk about when we get there what what i love about you and and what you're you're on right now this whole this whole kick um (laughs) is that I feel like you could, you are like truly Agent T involved in this universe <laughs> yeah. in a way where like you've got a you've got a conspiracy theory here that this show <laughs> is going to be tied to the Hollow Earth in some major way, and if it's not tied to that, like oh my god, it's gonna you know it's gonna I'm be gonna earth, earth shattering. Um, yeah. So I love that you are sticking to your guns, dude, and you are really selling this as being like a hollow earth story. And it, it works in my mind. You're right. Like it's gotta be some sort of connective tissue to what we see in other movies and stuff. And, um, you know, there is this gap that we've talked about so often that like, you know, we go from kind of really grounded world 2014 to, uh, King of the monsters, just things are just taken to another level, you know, like in terms of what monarch is and everything. So, um so i love that i love that that conspiracy hole that you've gone down uh literally speaking and then into the hollow earth uh so um let's let's continue on because we go back to 1955 1955 um and 
where are we? So they are discussing like a reading that's gone off the scale. He Shaw is back in yeah. the, the headquarters, the monarch headquarters. Um, and it's something that like they haven't seen this since like the Philippines, I think it was mentioned. Um, and this is very reminiscent of a scene that we got like a few episodes ago when they said the same exact thing about like G-Day. And it's like, we haven't seen this yeah. since G-Day. So I feel like there's a lot of mirroring going on in this episode as far as like things that we've already heard. And I think it's really cool to see how it's, you know, it, this is this this is basically the storyline of Jurassic Park and why everybody says like, well, why do they keep making another park? And why do they keep going to Dinosaur Islands is because... Nobody yeah. ever learns from the mistakes of the people before them. And that's what this show is also doing. And I, I love that approach. I think that's really cool. So, uh, you know, they they found another signal and uh, it's out in Japan. Sean needs to stay back and kind of, you know, work with the military on getting that funding, like, really secured, I guess. And uh, he's apprehensive about it. And to me, to me, in my mind, like, it seems like a very selfish reason, you know, he's, he yes. mostly, he just almost had his moment with, with Keiko and like, now he's not going to get it. So he has to be there with her. So it's very like controlling. Um, yeah. but I don't, there's not a very altruistic meaning behind him wanting to go with them. I feel like, uh, you know, he keeps saying like, they need me and, you know, yeah. I need to protect them. But like, I don't, that's not really the reason. So it's, it's interesting well, to see what he's doing it's kind of it's all laid out quite bare to you in the sentence that he says to devoe in the scene before isn't it where he says i didn't do enough where i could have or something to that extent and mm, um, yeah. so i'm doing it now so you're kind of seeing that he still so many years later feels guilt for the fact that he's made a decision that's motivated more by his emotional investment in keiko than it is motivated by the greater good of monarch um and that i mean, I mean we'll talk about this more but that decision has a massive ripple effect <laughs> like it's when, yeah. when you think about it in the context of where we are in this universe that's a a huge impact that he's had that's still being felt in the universe that we're seeing the characters exploring in the modern day yeah so um we do make ourselves back to uh the future uh, again and making back to the future references all the time here Marty. Um, yeah yeah hey doc we gotta get back to, to kate's mom's house um and we are we are there at, at kate's mom's house and shaw and duval are there um and duval's not taking it's not duval orders. anymore it's michelle oh is that what, is that what she was called at that yeah, point. Yeah, he okay. says her first right. name's Michelle. All right, cool. There's a lot of like last name usage here, and I always find that funny. Like when people just strictly go by like last names. Uh, so yeah. Michelle is there, and uh, Michelle is not taking Monarch's orders anymore, and uh, they basically need the kids' help. You know, so they're they're it's another team up. They're trying to do it, but the kids are like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if we should trust this, yeah. but um, at that same time, over in San Francisco, just a little while uh, over, I guess, um, in Kate's dad's office, they're basically like, uh, or Tim is there with Verdugo, and they're like, what, what did they come here for? Like, what were they looking yeah. for? And they basically, you know, they find, Tim finds the holes in the wall, and, and uh, you know, conveniently draws the nice map on the wall, and he's like, okay, look, everything is in this exact position uh so i thought that was pretty good he's like it does which i found was funny he's feeling the holes in the wall he's like doesn't this look familiar to you i'm like what <laughs> does it <laughs> yeah <How? laughs> <he's> like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, are you, what are you going on about tim uh so i thought that was funny but um they basically uh showcase that and then they also mention like talk about like uh hiroshi and like why was he removed yes. from from Monarch and basically because of like the misuse of assets, using satellites, not pointing them towards the sky and towards space, but pointing them pointing them towards uh, Earth and seeing you know the uh, gamma radiation and stuff like that on the spectrum of Earth. Yeah. Like what is what's happening down below? So that was a misuse yeah. of, of all their stuff. So. He is, Hiroshi is, and I know you're going to laugh because after you saying it earlier, I'm not talking about it, but he is mapping out the hollow earth because I, I know I messaged you when I watched King of the Monsters and I forgot that they actually go into the hollow earth underwater in the submarine, but there's all the radiation there because that's what ultimately kills Ser Serizawa. So there's, there is 
you know, gamma radiation in the hollow earth. It's a known fact. Mm. And this person's trying to map all of these pockets of gamma radiation. So it's yeah. quite interesting. But also here you still get a sense that Verdugo is a little bit shady because did you notice that at first she denies that he was expelled and then it's only when mm -hmm. Tim's like, are you going to say anything else? That she yeah. then actually explains that he was because of misappropriating technology. So yeah. it's clear that, to, to me at least, that Verdugo is a character who's very used to covering things up and I think she's in, intrinsic to a lot of what has happened to Monarch in the years since Shaw's made the decision that we'll come to. You know, thinking about it now, you know, they made their circles, Tim was circling like a bunch of different places. And then like towards the end of that whole sequence, he circles one in like the middle of the ocean. Do you think that yeah. could, could the, I don't know where that, you know, Godzilla fortress was located underneath the ocean, but. Oh, like, Castle could, Bravo. Could yeah. that be that location maybe? Like, you know, it, did he map that out? Yeah, that would be interesting if it I mean, didn't line it up. I have no idea. Bravo. Equally, I tell you what else is in the middle of the ocean. Skull Island. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. I was wondering. I, I assumed it was an island, but just talking about that underground, you know, cave, basically. I was like, maybe yeah. it could be there. Um, all right. So back in the past, um, Keiko and Bill are talking with some dude who's got like a big science experiment going on. He's basically Doc Brown yeah. out there in Japan. And he's like, welcome to Monster Island, which I thought was great, like hearing that. Um, and basically he reveals that that big ball with all the, the things coming off of it is like a gamma radiation simulator. So it's basically like yeah. a, a signal to all the Titans out there to say like, hey, we're making our call. Like, you're going to respond. So um, that was really cool. Uh, and we, it was. God, God. I've got to go. I'm going to hit you with another connection here. Okay. Um, I'm really glad I watched King of the Monsters when I do, because <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm really curious now as to whether this technology is a precursor to what we eventually see with the Orca. Um, yeah, it's it be, just right? feels. Yeah, because the Orca, when you watch it, it has that same pulsing effect as well with how it does the noise. So mm. I just feel like there's some kind of connection there between this and the Orca as well. Yeah, you got to be right there. That I, I didn't even really think about that. But, you know, we progressively see that, that Boom, device. Two for two this show. <laughs> we get it. We see that device getting smaller and smaller. It started off as this huge, like like mine that basically like you'd see in the ocean or something and then it's like it's a bit smaller uh, you know yeah. in current day and then maybe in in king of the monsters it's just like a laptop sized thing like you know so uh so yeah but that that would be cool if that was like the precursor to that um and uh i like how it lines up later on in the episode a little bit but we go back to uh, not even very far, but uh, go back to Africa, and um, May still wants to go home. Uh, she still wants to figure out, you know, when she can get out of this situation. I didn't want to be here, but uh, she'll get out of it as soon as they get out of the desert. It's all good, all all clean. So um, there we find out there's other ex-monarch people out there who want kind of that same thing. Yes. They're not all bad guys and stuff like that. So you know, uh, Kate was like reluctant to work with more monarch people. Yeah. Um, but uh, at this point, Shaw's like, you know, hey, if you don't want to work with these people, like, go, you can go. Like, I'll take it from here. You give me the stuff, I'll go. Uh, and then you guys can go home. But, uh, you know, he basically says, like, yeah, but, you know, a lot of people could die and this could all be on your shoulders. This is all this could yeah. all be your fault. And I thought I'm, I'm just going to keep talking because I thought that was just such a brilliant piece of like storytelling because you get that moment in current timeline. And then the next scene is, um, you know, uh, Shaw goes to uh, a backyard uh, cookout. Yeah. She kinda, he kind of referenced that earlier in the episode. We get a kid with a dinosaur toy with a T-Rex dragging its tail and all. And uh, I was like, that's a Godzilla precursor right there if I ever saw one. <laughs> but, um, but uh, you know, he basically has the conversation with the general guy, uh, Puckett or something. What's his name? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, Puckett. So he has a conversation with him, and that guy is like, you know, Hey, if you don't do what you know, if you if you don't do what you're supposed to be doing, a lot of things could go wrong. Like he's it's the same exact yeah. situation, but like the guy's using the leverage in, in like a little bit different in a more sinister way than like Shaw was using it. Shaw's like trying yeah. to use it as like leverage for like emotionally like speaking, like to get across to her that like we need you. But this guy's like, no, no, if you don't do that, like 
things are going to be real bad for you. And we'll see that a little yeah. bit in the towards the end of the episode. But uh, I thought that was really cool to see like him use that same tactic as the general used on him, basically. Yeah, but it didn't work. You could tell work. that he's kind of learned that. I thought it was really interesting the introduction to Scotty as well. Um, and obviously, sadly, later in the episode, he becomes a pancake. Um, but it was quite cool <laughs> just getting this introduction of another character who's sort of defecting from monarchs. I feel like what this this story has really painted the picture of Monarch as an organization that's crumbling from the inside because you get sure say that anyone who disagrees with them is described as crazy. So mm-hmm. that suggests that there's more than one person who has disagreed with them and has been faced similar treatment to what Shaw's had. You then have Hiroshi, who's obviously gone rogue to do his own thing because he felt they weren't doing enough to sort it themselves. You have now Scotty, this mercenary character who's gone rogue, Duvall, who's had enough and has said, you know what, they're not actually dealing with this quick enough, we need to take action into our own hands. It's really interesting because it kind of, it paints this picture of the organisation in a very different light, where you have Serizara and Graham in the films, who perhaps don't know everything, and I feel like throughout the films you get a sense of, in both 2014 and The King of the Monsters, they're kind of learning as much as they can as they go. So you kind of see them learning and putting things together. And that feels like that's their characters sort of operating within the confines of Monarch and what they're essentially allowed to do. And in this series, you kind of have the polar opposite of it, which is actually these people saying, no, we want to solve this quicker. So we're going to go beyond what Monarch is doing to try and solve it. And I think that that, that paints a really interesting dynamic because ultimately to kind of get back to what you're saying what we're seeing unfold with sure and the other characters really does parallel the kind of attitudes that we see in the past story that's unfolding and as we'll get to soon that past story doesn't unfold well for them so that makes me curious as to the trajectory of this story yeah i was really questioning throughout you know this episode like what even is monarch's role you know like what are they yeah what are they because you know we do see them obviously you know throughout this storyline in 2014 and um and now and you know they're obviously researching godzilla when when you know that whole thing was happening and like but they also know everything but they don't believe it so i'm like what is happening and i guess uh, you know it kind of towards the end of the episode starts to become clear but like yeah you know is is this whole organization just like you know i don't know like a conspiracy organization that does all this work but at the same time just doesn't act on what they find yeah you know like it's interesting it's a uh, it's a very interesting company that uh, or, or you know uh, I f- organization yeah. i guess it's, it, I tell you what, the timing of this is really interesting as well, because I think it rivals a lot of the stuff that you're seeing um, go through Congress currently in relation to UFOs and whether you believe in them or not or whatever. It's really interesting seeing how that is kind of getting watered down as it goes through, sort of at different levels of government. You're kind of getting that similar story here, which is quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. So we go back to current day. And we get this nice moment. The music starts rising, and it feels good. And it it felt too good. It felt way too good because we see Hiroshi's <laughs> alive, and and we're like, yes, sweet moment. Yeah. But <laughs> but they all start waving, and they all start smiling and laughing <laughs> too much because you just like you're like, okay, uh, cut the waving. Let's be done. Let's be done because you, this is not gonna be a good moment. You're all like, hey, he's alive. My dad's alive. Oh my gosh. It's and yeah. then. You you start to see that oh he's got that same tool that monster collar yeah. thingy and uh, it's it's now shrunk down quite a bit it's just like a, a you know a beach ball size or something and um, and then you see him waving oh I'm waving too but no it's just like a get out of here go what are you doing yeah. um, this guy's wild like I don't know what he's up to but uh, it's all his fault everything yes. <laughs> I feel like whatever happened after that is is uh it's very interesting that he's he's out there calling for Godzilla who's literally just trying to get a nap in like that's yeah. it you know <laughs> I am I found it really interesting when I was watching the second time as well he 
like Hiroshi looks very worn down. Like he mm-hmm. looks absolutely shattered. So I'm really curious as to like what has his whole journey been since being in Alaska, and how has he yeah. ended up in Africa? Because I wonder, I wonder if we'll lost get that. track of him in Alaska, right? I think yeah. we have to because they they lost track of him in Alaska, and if he's been following the route that is mapped out, then he's been to what three, four other places before ending up in Africa. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was trying to think of that as well because Tim at one point was like, "Where is he going to go next?" And I was like, "Well, he's yeah. on here." And uh, so yeah, he's like he's on his third or fourth spot. So, um, but yeah, he does look ragged. And I would assume maybe like whatever the last episode is. I always forget how many episodes. Do you know how many episodes are supposed to be? Ten or eight yes, or something. 10. Okay. Yeah. So I would assume maybe by like episode ten or something, maybe we'll get like that little backstory um, to kind of show like his. You know, oh, I just missed them. And, dude, there was a point in this episode where uh, when Kentaro is looking down into the valley and you know he sees something. And I was like, yo, he sees some pencil shavings from all the way out here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, he, he's got good eyes. Let me see them binoculars. And he's going to, he, no, but he saw, he saw his dad alive. Um, but uh, we cut back to 1955. Uh, the monster caller thing is in the water and, um, you know, there was a, a conversation between, um, who was it? The, yeah, it was the, the scientist guy, I think, whoever yeah. he is and somebody else, uh, Keiko maybe. Yeah. And yeah. they were talking about, you know, what is it like when you see a Titan? And, and uh, I just loved this use because there was like a little pause and I, in my mind, I'm like, yo, that's terrifying. Like, when you yeah. actually see it. And that's what that was that's what she said. Like it's terrifying. And I was like, oh my like that's such a great I, I just love the use of just saying it was terrifying and not like beautiful or like, you know, yeah. It, you know, something incredible. Like I just love uh, terrifying is an, another one of those kinds of words, but I just love that it was like we're at this point in the story where like people are are and should be terrified of what they yeah. see. You know, I thought that was really cool. And then they say that miracles should be terrifying. And I thought I was like, wow, yeah, that was a great, a great line. Yes, I really love really that cool line. line. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, that was really cool. So then Shaw shows up, and this whole scene, I was just like, oh my god, I don't feel good. I don't feel good because like he's like, hey guys, I'm here, and they're all like, I what don't are you doing? like. What are you how, doing here? <laughs> all right, Billy is with things because he says to um, the other scientist, he's like, hey, look. There's one thing worse than being a third wheel, and that's being a fourth. And I'm like, so you know you're a third wheel to your own relationship. What? Well, it's not his relationship. Uh, you know, there's a whole lot going on here, but you know, we, uh, uh, you know, I just didn't, I just didn't like that feeling in my stomach when they're like, you know, looking at each other like you shouldn't be here. You had stuff to do. Yeah. You were supposed to meet with them. He's like, yeah, I'll just blow off the meeting with the higher ups or whatever. Like, yeah, it's fine. Um, but we, uh, we do cut to, um, current day and, uh, Monarch arrives in a helicopter. We see that. So, um, and, and Tim's in there, Timmy's in the, in the helicopter. Um, we're in in this point in the story, we're kind of like cutting all over the place. Uh, we're going all over the place. So, uh, 1955 again, Keiko's angry that Shaw's there. Um, but they do end up kissing anyway. The relationship's okay, um, even though like he shouldn't have made that choice. And um, and you know, in that moment, I'm just like, yeah, this is this is like his choice leads them down the path of Monarch becoming what it is, you know. And we, and I thought this right now, not not even later in the story. I'm like, yeah, this is it. Like this is the the point in the story where like <laughs> things change. Um, we also do get the signal stopping in the uh the the water out there and then boom that big ball gets thrown across the water almost hits them and guess who pops out of the the water i was like genuine genuinely like oh what's who's gonna be here like what are they calling and uh because this whole episode you know we we keep seeing this general guy uh pocket and and some other military and i'm thinking like what happened after that that you know nuclear explosion you know the attack on godzilla like what happened did do they not just know that godzilla like swam swam away from that moment or like what what's the deal like 
So are they I like? I assume it's the Flash. Like he might have disappeared in the Flash. Because no, it ta- it because they show him for a little period of time. They show him after that, laying oh. laying on the beach. Like maybe they just assumed he was dead and left. Yeah, that's so arrogant to just be like, "Well, we yeah. got him, we got him, boys. Let's get out of here." And they just like leave. <laughs> no, they like left him on the beach. So I thought that was pretty wild. But we get to see Godzilla again in such a great scene. I had to watch this scene a few times. I like I rounded yeah. rounded a few times because like it was just so cool to see. Godzilla just swimming around that little bay. Um, Keiko's happy that like they didn't kill him, thank God. Um, but it was like a weird celebration because like she's like terrified, <laughs> um, but also yeah. like thank God we didn't kill it. And and Shaw's like we didn't kill it. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> and his head is is spinning as well. Like with you know, oh my God, we didn't kill it. That didn't work. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. A great scene, you know. Yeah, I I think it's been it's interesting just more broadly seeing how this series is interwoven Godzilla because obviously you want to be able to use him as a part of your marketing, right? But actually they've used him quite sparingly and where he has been used, it's felt natural, which has been good. Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of like footage from 2014 where it's new footage, but it doesn't necessarily feel like new footage, you know, because we're like, we've, yeah. we've done this before, so... It really hasn't felt like like we really have Godzilla in this series to me, but this is the moment. And and following this as well, I'm like, we got Godzilla yeah. in this series. Like this is yeah, this is great. Uh, so and he's we, we, looking damn good for a television series, dude. As it well. looks it looks so good. <laughs> it looks so good. Um, and this next scene, incredible. Like so, the Earth's crumbling around them. Um, and you know, I'm just like, uh oh. <laughs> they awoke Godzilla here. They basically all roll down this hill as the earth is just like falling apart around them. Vehicles are flying. Yeah. Uh, the helicopter gets hit by Godzilla's spikes down the back and stuff. And um, and then we get just like Godzilla just chilling in the dirt, just like trying to sleep. You know, after that fight in the last movie in 2014, you know, Godzilla's just like, yo, I need I need some rest. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lay in this dirt for a little bit, I guess, uh, which I was very confused about. I'm like, what is happening here? Uh, was there some sort I, of underground so tunnel, or you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm really curious about this because again, in King of the Monsters, we know that Godzilla tends to stay around where Castle Bravo is under the water. So I wonder if a part of this is them luring him to where he's meant to be to hibernate. Hmm. I have no idea. It's very hard to explain and and consider what uh, what was the idea because like it was just he was just under a mountain and uh, yeah. you know and there was a waterway so there was like water right near them so maybe Godzilla swam in that little river and then I don't know <laughs> it doesn't make much sense yeah. but I didn't care because it looked so awesome. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I, I I at one point I thought we were gonna get the classic you know, uh, monster dinosaur movie moment where like Kate walks up and like puts her hand on Godzilla's nose. Yeah, but we we did not get that. That wasn't. And you remembered not... it's not Jurassic World. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it was not, but it, it came very close because like you know she did say like, did you see that? He looked at me. He like, saw me. Yeah, yeah, he saw me. And uh, I loved it. It was a very, you know, Jurassic Park kind of Brad, moment with the there's eyeball. There's one important thing that you're missing here, though, which is during this whole sequence, Scotty gets turned into a pancake by a rock. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a lot. We lost. They lost a lot of really good men in this moment. <laughs> Monarch uh, 2.0 oh, no. is really, you know, falling apart. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> but uh I love this moment. Godzilla just looked incredible, got up, roared into the distance, and then just walked away. I was yeah. like, Adam, I'm out of here. You guys aren't, we... aren't enough. So so touching on the other people that they lost, although I refuse to believe that he's gone. Uh-huh. Uh, can we just <laughs> touch on the fact that this moment with the helicopter is so fitting that we've been saying throughout people don't listen to tim people don't believe him and he says like four times go up and the pilot doesn't do it and then they crash (laughs) i was like that's just so fitting yeah yeah but uh we got back to 1955 at this point um shaw needs you know to tell the government basically hey godzilla's still alive and your biggest weapon could not take Godzilla out. Like, so 
you know, either they're going to use Godzilla in some sort of warfare scenario or they need to create a bigger weapon, a more powerful weapon. And it, either either one of those options is not good. So they don't really know. Like, they're kind of arguing in the hallway. But when they walk into the headquarters there, Monarch has changed command. And uh, yes. it was very clear that, you know, deciding, Lee deciding, like, I'm not going to go to this meeting and then deciding to go to Japan instead Real bad move, and that gave us Monarch that we have today. Like, that is very clear that that's where, you know, yes, where everything went wrong. So, all I can say is, gents that are out there, think with your head and not with your word that I won't say because Brad <laughs> doesn't want to have to edit this. Um, that's true, I but... don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's really interesting because actually, this explains something in Godzilla 2014 as well, which is in Godzilla 2014. Did you ever wonder why the ground army response was led by a rear admiral in the Navy, Rear Admiral Stenz? It's interesting, isn't it, that the Navy's given command of Monarch in this series? Hmm. So there's almost a connection there, there as well, yeah. which is really cool, and it, it sets that precedent for it. Yeah. Um, I also think it's really interesting because we know that by the events of Kongsko Island, um randa is having to essentially beg for a escort onto the island because he doesn't have the resources so clearly the navy don't take it seriously or something else happens and that directly leads to the downfall of monarch and then the segmentation of the organization that we see in the current year because the way that um Randa presents it in Kongskull Island is as if Monarch doesn't exist anymore, as if it's on the fringes of being shut down, whereas mm. perhaps it does exist in this format, but it's so different to what they wanted it to be that he's almost operating as his own entity entirely. So that really does yeah. start the sort of fragmentation of the organisation that you then see the ripple effects of in the modern day. Yeah, I, I hope we get some of those dots connected between like yeah. what Randa's doing in Kong Skull Island and what Sarazawa's doing in 2014. Like just these kind of yeah. rogue people that seem to be doing their own thing, you know, I, I I'm interested to see how this all pans out and how every, all these people are just kind of like doing their own work. And, and I wonder how yeah. it all connects. So uh, we're making like really big strides and there's some really awesome reveals along the way. So I have faith that we'll get a lot of really cool connections still. I Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, and especially after watching King of the Monsters, I really, depending on where this series ends, of course, because it's premature to say it until we know, I think if we end at a point where there's more story to be told, I'd really be interested in a second season that brings back characters like the Russells from King of the Monsters to see what they were doing in Monarch before they lost their son, what some of the other characters mm. that we know have been in Monarch for a while in that film, like Brooks, were doing at this point. I think there's there's a lot of room to play with some really, really interesting storytelling with what they're setting up. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I hope we get some of those stories. That would be awesome. Um, but we do cut back to current day, and uh, Shaw, you know, is walking from the desert and is like, yep, nobody survived. Uh, nobody survived the plane crash or the helicopter crash. <laughs> It was like such like a little throwaway line, and I, yeah. I literally wrote, "Tim's dead." Like what? Yeah, no way. Like no. there's no, no. way. No, I don't know he's, how. No. I uh, yeah, I refuse he, to believe he it. He fell on Godzilla's spine and then slid down <laughs> it like a slide and survived. Yeah, that would be amazing <laughs> to see. He's like he, you know, he just got on the back, and it, it's going to turn into. <laughs> Um, you know, how Indiana Jones took a submarine all the way across the ocean to like, you know, some island. I thought and, you were gonna say like, Tim finds a random fridge on Godzilla's back. <laughs> no, no, but like everybody's like, how did did the submarine go down? Because it looked like it was going underwater. How did Indiana Jones hang on to the side of a submarine, you know, <laughs> this whole the whole journey? Like this is impossible. He didn't go under and just like hold his breath. So I imagine Tim's like just Clinging on to the back of Godzilla, like, where are we going, buddy? Where are we going? <laughs> he ends up he ends up in like Japan or something. He's like, ah Vadugo <laughs> oh, on the phone in the other hand, like, I'm here, I'm with him. I found him. I told you I was right. 
I just want to know. I want a scene where, like, you know, they they meet him in another city, and he's like, they're like, "How did you, how did you get here? We thought you died, Godzilla," and they all look at him like, "What? Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it." You know, like one of those kind oh, of moments. Like, <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Hear me out, Brad. Hear me out. You've seen Agents of Shield, right? Tim is the Patton Oswalt of the Monarch universe. <laughs> Oh, that, that, that was yeah. my identical brother, Tim. I'm Jim. <laughs> I'm Jim. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be that would be a whole different, uh, you know, scenario, I guess. But uh, uh, we do get to learn in this moment that Shaw is trying to help him, not stop yes. him. So God, he's trying to help Godzilla, um, which I I love. I, I thought that was really cool because you've got this military guy who's got this, you know basically this uh history of just like punching and beating and destroying things and and now he's like well i i'm gonna try i want to try to save godzilla i don't want to yeah. i don't want to destroy him like that's not that's not what we need to be doing here um and they think basically oh he's insane like they we we are done following you at this point we just yeah. heard enough the kids are out you know we're, we're gonna go find our dad and uh which i can't believe that he just is like uh hiroshi's just like yo peace out I saw y'all, yeah, but I am gone, dude. I'm not. I'm not even. I like. I maybe he does. guy is know really who was. like a case study in bad fatherhood. Yeah, like I, I have a really hard time like having sympathy for this character. Can, um, can we just imagine that he stood there? He like looks up. He's like, "Oh, my two secret families have met each other now." Anyway, see ya. Just takes <laughs> off and just gets out of there, dude. Like. I don't know what's what's up with him, but uh, off to see it, his first family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, so Shaw takes I, the um... vehicle, and then the kids start walking, and they're out of there. But uh, and the, one little reveal here at the end, um, May reveals that she sold them out, yes. and you know she had a lot of uh, bad people to deal with in the past, and uh, she got kind of a new start in Japan, and. You know, we maybe talked a little bit about like this kind of exact thing before, yeah. but uh, basically, she used that info as leverage. You know, all the information that she had to say, like, I want to get back to my own life, my old life, and and be done with this, you know, fake one that I've been living for a little while. So, and uh, everybody's kind of fed up with her. So that's the end. Yep. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> I um, what was I going to say to you? I find it really interesting that the way Shaw's framed in this episode with how he says about um about looking after Godzilla is that he is almost framed very similar to Alan Jonah in King of the Monsters when that character's motivations are presented he seems kind of a bit crazy this is Charles Dance's character mm -hmm. um it's just very similar to how he phrases what they're doing in that with his whole long live the king so i found that quite mm. interesting the sort mm. of parallel there um but also episode seven <laughs> the title cracks me up because it's called will the real may please stand up and it <laughs> says may finally faces her past devall and Shaw follow traces of godzilla and hiroshi so i think we're finally of well obviously we are gonna see what's been happening with may and it's really interesting because it was bad enough that she couldn't go home and go to her family so that's quite curious yeah but at the same time she's also like i got money we can just use my money that i've been not using because i didn't want to be found like we can yeah. just use that money i got lots of money um but so i don't know what the resolution was supposed to be or like you know how she was going to be able to go back to her life um i don't she, think I don't she know. was at that point i think she was just desperate to keep them as friends yeah i don't know i have no idea but um i can't wait to learn more and figure out where godzilla's off to and uh yeah. and how they're gonna get out of this desert i mean I, it, there was like a little town over the ridge that they yeah. quickly showed so i guess they resolved that they do have a nice way of like not leaving you hanging on on some aspects of the show and making it believable enough so they've been yeah. wandering through like a lot of like wild places for yeah. a while so dude uh, think about their step count their fitbit <laughs> i know be right? so happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm looking forward to the next one episode seven did we have a title what was the title of this one did you write that one it down was, so the the title of this one brad I'm, I'm so prepared i've got the apple screen up on my phone good um well good thing we're saying the title, title at the end of the episode one too is terrifying miracles okay oh 
I, see, I love that title. Yeah. Great title. I, I'm <laughs> glad I didn't see that ahead of time because <laughs> I really love that reveal. Like, uh, you know, within the episode, uh, sometimes it's yeah. nice to like not look into things too deeply until you see it. Um, but and then next week, will the real May stand up? Yep. We'll find out <laughs> next time on Monarch Legacy of Monsters. So, Tom, uh, where can people find you? Are you, you anywhere on the internet? Yeah. What's going on? Right now, I am adventuring in the TARDIS. So, try not to find me. Uh, I'll pop into unit headquarters occasionally. But apart from that, yeah. Okay. That's very non specific. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm out here in my own TARDIS, I guess. Um, but you can find me on uh, Threads, and the podcast is on Threads, the Jurassic Park podcast. Uh, been doing a lot of fun stuff over there. That that's feels like a a very growing network currently. I, I uh, you know, I know it just got opened up a few days ago to the EU, and it feels like dramatically like it's really becoming what like Twitter used to be for me. So the podcast is like no longer on Twitter. I I kind of made it official the other day, and I just deleted it off my phone. And uh, said, hey, we're not going to be there anymore. So uh, we are not there, but we are on I instantly and, made an uh, account called Jurassic Instagram. Park Pod. Oh, oh, well, the account's still there. So don't, <laughs> you know, I'm going to let it sit there until Elon decides to kick us off, I guess, or make us pay or something. But uh, the account's sitting there. I'm parking it. All right. So that's what's happening. But you can find us on uh, any of your podcasting platforms out there. You can't find these episodes. These do not exist on the podcast. But if you want to hear us no. talk about Jurassic Park, uh, please do so. And we do have a holiday episode coming up next week. We had uh, Camp Cretaceous or whatever that show is called, Chaos Theory discussion the other day. We had uh, a discussion about Jurassic Park Survival, the new video game that's going to be coming up in the future. Uh, a lot of fun stuff on the show. So please go check it out. But that's about all I have for you today. So thank you so much, everybody, for watching this and listening and uh enjoying the show with us had a good time look at he's he's doing something to us <laughs> can't really i don't know but uh <laughs> i'll catch you later everybody bye have a good one <laughs>